This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. What happens when a popular rock radio DJ retires, sells everything, and with his wife, takes off in an RV to see America? Ho, ho, ho! It's the Rockin' the RV Life podcast with Jeff and Patty. Join them each week as they share their experiences while giving you advice and tips along the way. Our daughter, Mackenzie, who's 26, lives in Los Angeles, and we're out here visiting her right now. Mackenzie has had a major impact on our life, not just being our child, but she's the one that really influenced myself as well as Patty, mostly Patty, Mm -hmm. in the camping and everything. How did you get started with being this outdoors person that you are? Well, I definitely didn't get it from you guys. Right. Uh, Definitely not. (laughs) We've Uh, never camped before that. Yeah. um, It wasn't until I came out to Los Angeles for my first internship at SpaceX um, back when I was in college. I became friends with this whole group of interns. It was, you know, there were like 40 of us this one semester. um, And I became really close with all of them. And a lot of them had grown up camping or they were from California and they knew the area really well. They went to school around here. And one weekend I was convinced to go on this like giant intern group camping trip. And it was a blast. I was just like given a sleeping bag and I slept on top of a rock in Joshua Tree. And there were coyotes in the distance all night and the moon rise over the mountains was amazing. And it was just, uh, I, I was freezing and extremely uncomfortable, but I loved it. No kidding. And it was, it was just a, such a fun experience. I mean, we had a campfire, we had nice coffee in the morning. We well, did everybody else sleep outside or did they have tents? Yeah, I think there might have been like one or two tents for oh. the people who had tents. Okay, but, but everybody else slept outside, yeah. so you weren't alone. Yep. Okay. You were bitten by the bug. Yeah, mm-hmm. luckily not any bugs. There's mm-hmm. terrible bugs. Well, you told me that <laughs> right. you've actually slept on the desert floor. Oh, yeah, yeah. So from after that trip, there was like a smaller group of us that started going camping like most weekends. Mm-hmm. And we would do hiking. We would do a bunch of climbing. They, they taught me how to rock climb. Back and, to Joshua Tree. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mostly Joshua Tree. And it was, I mean, it was the right time of year to go. It was yeah. late in the fall. And instead of, I mean, a lot of the campsites there are walk-up only. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you get there super late on a Friday night, you're not going to get a campsite. Right. right. So... There's these like dispersed camping areas, these like backcountry like hiking trails where mm-hmm. you just like write a little note and it's like, oh, yep, you pay maybe you pay like a little fee to park your car there and then you just walk out and sort of you have to camp like a quarter mile away from the trail or something. Well, when you say you go hiking, I mean a hike to us is a mile, two miles, three miles. We did a six mile hike recently. <laughs> yeah. For you, that was a lot for us. For you it's a little different. Yeah, I like to do some bigger backpacking trips um, where you're just like really deep out in the wilderness. Back when I was a little more in shape, we would sometimes do like 10 or 12 miles a day, Gosh. Um, which is a lot. Yes. <laughs> it's a lot on your joints and it's a lot when you're carrying like a 40 pound pack with all of your food and like, you know, water filtration supplies, a tent, a sleeping bag. Jeez. 
things like that. So um, there's something fun about it though. And you just, you feel a little more at one with nature and, and you can really get away from people. It's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. You know, there was a time when we had bought you a Jeep Liberty. It was a four door Jeep. And you took that to California to do an internship, but you took three of your friends. You were in college at the time. Yeah, I did that a few times actually. Man, I, I did that drive. Well, I did four internships out here, so I I think I did a road trip almost every time. Yeah, which was super fun. And yeah, I would convince different friends to go with me, and and we had a great time. My friends Mark and Sarah from school, the three of us went on a trip. It was one of my I think one of my last internships, and we had a blast. I mean, we. We went to all these beautiful places in Colorado. We spent a lot of time in Colorado with just the hiking and, you know, we were camping out of the car. So we had like, you know, fun campgrounds with, with our, we had a big tent for the three of us and we got to see some cool sites in California. It was my first time going to Death Valley National Park. That was really fun. And then I went on another trip with, it was a road trip back with my friend Ben and we went to Bonneville Salt Flats and we actually got there for Speed Week which was, you know, one of the last speed weeks that's happened in, in recent years. And just the timing was impeccable. And we were able to watch, you know, all these super fast cars going for like land speed records. And we just happened to be there. And, you know, we camped nearby in BLM land. That trip, we actually camped in our hammocks the entire time. Wow, that's we, amazing. Yeah, we found places with, with trees where we could put up hammocks. Oh my There was gosh. one trip that you took and you would send us pictures from uh, the Grand Canyon. And the hike that you took. Oh my gosh, yes. You hiked from the top to the bottom. Yeah, that was a spring break trip at college. I went with Mark again and Allie and Nate. And we drove my car. We like finished an exam on like a Thursday night really late. And then just drove pretty much through the night all the way to the Grand Canyon. And we knew we wanted to do this backpacking trip. This was actually... I think that was actually technically my first backpacking trip. I had bought all the gear for it. We knew we wanted to do this. Getting a a permit to do that backcountry hike is quite difficult. And Mm -hmm. you either need to observe, like reserve it very well in advance or try to get a walk-up permit. Because they have have, like a certain number of walk-up permits that you can get like 24 hours in advance of leaving. So we had to get to the backcountry office like an hour and a half before they opened and we weren't the first people in line. No kidding. We got the last available walk-up permit for the next day to start hiking the next day and then camp one night at the bottom. And so we did, you know, we hung out on the rim for the day. We set up our hammocks and how many miles was it to walk down? I remember it took you a long time yeah, and you went yeah. across this amazing bridge cross. I think it was the Colorado river. Yeah. Got to yeah. The bottom. I, think yeah. It, I think it's like eight miles and I'd have to look yeah, it up. It was a lot. It's something I like that. that. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, you're, you're just going down and down and down and it's really hot. And the big mistake that a lot of people make is not bringing enough water. Mm -hmm. There is, you know, oh, we're hiking towards the river, but there is no water between the rim and the river. Like, and it it gets hot. The Mm -hmm. lower you get, the hotter it is. I mean, you look at a mountain, you get the snowy peak. It's it's colder when you're higher up Mm -hmm. in elevation. So as you get lower and lower and lower, even if it's a nice day at the rim, it could be scorching hot when you get all the way down to the bottom. So, you know, we passed people on our way who were having problems and they like didn't have enough water they weren't getting enough electrolytes and and rangers would have to come down and and help them out sometimes there's like helicopter rescues and stuff we had a great time we packed enough water but then you got to the bottom and you crossed the river on that bridge and then you went to the campground and 
spent how many nights there? We just spent one night there, mm-hmm. um, but it was it was amazing. The stars from the bottom were incredible, and there's it's, there's a whole ranch down there, and it's staffed year round, and they have uh, they have a mule train that goes up and down. Um, there's rangers who live down there for like a year at a time, mm-hmm. and. There's just all sorts of fun people there. Well, then when you were done that night, after that night, the next day, you had to walk all the way back up, didn't you? Yep. That was a lot harder. <laughs> oh, my, <laughs> oh my gosh. gosh. It's about a mile in elevation. Uh-huh. So, oh you know, gosh. we're talking 5,000 feet in a day. That's oh. a big day. Oh, that's uh, a huge day. Yeah. Yes. And so, and you're going, I think it's like 10 miles back up. So you're doing, you know, 500 feet of elevation every mile. But by the time you're getting to that last thousand feet, you're starting to hurt, especially once again with that big pack because you have to carry lots of water and water is really heavy. Yeah. So then you get the job at SpaceX. You're going to drive out. Your plan was to drive out and just camp, kind of live out of the car and hit all those campsites, right? Yeah. By yourself. Yes. Mm -hmm. I had like two months before I, I needed to start my job, I, w- I was going to start my job at the end of the summer and just sort of take that time and see where the winds took me. I knew there were some spots that I wanted to explore. I had my mountain bike, I had my tent, and I had my sleeping bag, and I, I was just, I just wanted to go explore. I had some friends, some family I wanted to see along the way, but I, I really wanted to take that time with just, yeah, just ex- exploring the things that I wanted to see on my own terms. And it was this point where you really influenced your mom to get us on the road, traveling in an RV, living in an RV, and seeing all the sights in America. Now, when your mom said to you, I'm going to come with you, I don't want you going across the country by yourself, what went through your mind? Uh, I mean, I said, that's okay. I'm willing to sleep in a tent. That's okay. I, as long as I can go with yeah. you and we can spend the time together. And that was that was my only stipulation. It had to be done on, you know, I was, I was doing my thing. Right. We weren't going to stay in a hotel this time. Know. Yeah. You know, I still wanted a lot of time on the road to myself. So mm-hmm. we compromised with about a week on the road mm-hmm. and... In my tent. Mm-hmm. And I think we, it was 10 days. So what was it like traveling with your mom? She had never camped before. What happened? Well, she was definitely nervous, especially, I think, especially uh, our first night was in a hostel in Chicago mm-hmm. because once again, we're traveling my way right. and a hostel and a shared room Super inexpensive. Well, you know, the communal I, bathroom. I think I remember I said, you sure I can get us a hotel? Mm-hmm. But and I nope. said, absolutely not. And right. it was such a cool hostel. It was. It was really fun. Yeah. I think yep. it was on the west side of Chicago. Mm-hmm. And we had, a, we had a pretty cool roommate. She was we from did. Germany. Yep. Yeah. It was great. You know, we were kind of in and out. We, we weren't staying super long. Mm-hmm. And then we went and visited uh, family in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And then as we're getting, you know, a little farther out in the boonies and the Dakotas, you're getting a little more nervous. Mm-hmm. I had to be kind of a face of optimism and, you know, unwavering. Mm-hmm. But you were a really good sport. I think after that first night, you were sold. Mm-hmm. Well, well, what was that first night like? I remember you guys drove into a campsite in the really dark. late and in the dark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had... I think we had a campsite reserved mm-hmm. and just, you know, for that first night specifically. And so we got into the campground, you know, we found our spot. It was, it was dark mm-hmm. and it was one of those campsites that are campgrounds where you have like a lot of different sites around. It's kind of a big grassy area with some yeah. like just interspersed trees. Um, and we had a picnic table and I remember, you know, I think you were trying to call dad and I was setting up the tent by mm-hmm. myself. We had um, to use the car lights to get the tent set up. Yes. You know, because 
that's the only way we could see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's really funny that you would mention being very optimistic because the way Patty told me this story was, well, we drove into the park. It was pitch black. But Mackenzie knew what was going on. She knew where the campsite was and everything. She <laughs> did, did you really know that? Yeah, I she, did. She, okay. yeah. she knew exactly where we were going. Yeah, oh, yeah, this was this was just you know another night camping. Oh it was, yeah, it was easy peasy. In fact, we were driving on the winding roads into the park, and then sure enough, we can see some lights off the side of the road. And she said, "There's the campground." It's well, like, okay, yeah, she knew exactly where she was going. Mm-hmm. So she did good that first night. She did, mm-hmm. and only complained a little bit about being uncomfortable, but we still got her an air mattress the next day. Yep. Oh, that's right. You had to go to Walmart, to, Walmart to get the, and air, got mattress. the air mattress. Yes, yes. that helped. Yeah. And then we showered at that truck stop bathroom. Yes. Well, I think it had been, how many days it had been that we hadn't had a shower? It was it a couple days, maybe three or four No, it was days. three days. Yeah. And we finally said, okay, we're going to have to go to this truck stop here and use the showers, which yeah. which was great. It was very clean. It, it was, was very so nice. It was so nice. It was like a tile shower and everything. Yeah. And it looks for everything you needed. It was yep. very, yeah, it was very mm-hmm. clean. That worked out really yeah. great. But I'll tell you, the camping bug really bit her. She mm-hmm. saw the, the bison, you know, the buffalo. Yes. And she was just, I mean, she never stopped talking about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then she would say, you know, when you retire... I think we should get an RV and just travel around the country and see all the sights. Because I remember being in the campgrounds and seeing the trailers and the RVs and mm-hmm. thinking, wow, that would be really fun, you know, to, to have something like that to go into after sitting around the fire. You just go in there and go to sleep. How fun is that? So mm-hmm. my dream finally came true, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's cool to see you guys living that dream. Yeah. I'm really enjoying it. So I then know, you dropped her off in Denver. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You must have been relieved. And <laughs> oh, that was tough, though. That, that was hard on me. But it was, it was good to get, you know, get back home. And Yeah, and I, I was excited for sort of the next leg of my journey mm-hmm. by myself. And yeah. I, um, you know, I went to a few more cities and... And I made friends with people. I met a lot of cool people in other hostels and in other campgrounds. And I rode my bike a lot. And that was so fun. And in Moab and in Park City, like like some of the best places to ride your bike in the country. And and that was, it was really, really fun. It was, it was really what I needed. And then I made my way up to the Pacific Northwest, saw some family, saw my cousins, Bill and Andy, and, and then just drove down the coast. And at about that time, I was like, you know... I think I'd been on the road for almost a month and it was like I, I was starting to get antsy and I was ready to ready to start my job. I was very eager about it. What I would do for that month off now. Right, that extra um, month that you didn't use. Yeah. But at the time, you know, I was I was just really excited to get there and mm-hmm. to settle in and to like and to really get started. So yeah. I only ended up taking about one month instead of two months, but it was still a really fun road trip. Yeah. And they were happy to hear that you wanted to come early. They were very happy. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, now let's talk about some of the trips you've taken. You've been all over the world. Yeah. Goodness. I was definitely very fortunate during college, you know, doing all the internships and and going to sort of an in-state school that wasn't very expensive. And I I had some scholarships for I was I was very fortunate to be able to travel a lot and to take advantage of of some of my, you know, winter breaks and spring breaks like that. You went to France? Yeah, I well, I went to I I was in the, the university honors program at University of Cincinnati for my first couple of years of school. As part of that, I took a course on the history of Paris, and we learned a little bit of French. We learned about all the food and, you know, where a lot of the the architecture and just, like, the layout of the city, where that comes from. And as part of that course, we went to Paris for a week. That was amazing. That was a blast. And 
Love France. That was really cool. I think that was a good experience for me as a freshman in college. That was a great experience. And then getting a little more comfortable with being uncomfortable by camping more and, you know, doing doing more in in the mountains. I, I think I was able to start to come out of my shell a little more and, and I found more friends to travel with. Yeah, just got a little more bold traveling to different places. I mean, I went to Nepal with my friend Liberty. On the way, we stopped in Copenhagen and Moscow and Dubai and... That was quite a trip. I remember that because your mom never slept a wink. Oh, that was awful. That was a a long one, too. That was like three weeks. That was was tough. That was at Christmas time. Mm -hmm. I will say this about your mom. She did get you a room in Dubai. Yeah, I did. I got you a hotel room there. I got you a suite. Yes, that was a that was a, that's a good place to get a to get a hotel. Yeah, yeah. She had called. What did you call her? Somehow you contacted me and said we need a place to stay in Dubai. Is there anything you can do to help us? And I did. I contacted Marriott and used my points and got you a suite. That was yeah, that worked out. Great. That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But you went to Nepal to teach monks English. Yes. So that was a really cool experience. We had found an organization called Love Volunteers that um, sends folks around the world to do all sorts of volunteer work. We paid a fee that went to the monastery that essentially fed us and housed us. We just lived at this monastery for a couple weeks. And um, we worked with the young monks who were there. They were probably like between 8 and 14 years old. We worked with them every day on, on English lessons and... Like we learned a lot about the monastery and and we pitched in with chores and just became like really close with the people who lived there. And and Liberty goes back there frequently. She's actually, she's going back in uh, April. Oh my gosh. I remember you mentioned that uh, the bus ride from the airport. Yeah. So we had, we had flown into Kathmandu, which is the, the largest city in Nepal. It's the main city. It's the capital, you know, the main place that you fly into. The most economical option to get to Pokhara, which is where the monastery was that we were going, uh, was a bus. And you just take a bus on through these mountain roads. We're in, I mean, we're in the foothills of the of the Himalaya mountain range, and it was definitely terrifying. <laughs> I mean, we're on these these really tight winding roads, like the edge of these cliffs, and these bus drivers are very confident. But you stop at these like these like rest stops on the way you stop at a few of them and they just have these like rest stop buffets for all the buses that are going through just transporting people across the country you got a lot of locals but also a lot of people like us who are you know just doing stuff or people who are backpacking there's tons of backpacking in nepal these rest stops would just have the best food the food was so good you just god and the people there are so nice the people of nepal are just the best people in the world. They're so mm. kind. Well, what was really interesting was you went to Nepal with Liberty, but when you left Nepal, you flew by yourself all the way home. Well, yeah, that's we terrifying. <laughs> no, oh my gosh, that's that's amazing. It's not that special. It's not. <laughs> no, it's not because I mean, I'm just getting on a plane and I'm sitting on a plane for 16 hours, going from place to place. Although it was probably just what two well, flights. No, I, I had a direct flight from Abu Dhabi to Los Angeles, okay. and we we flew back separately because we were going to different cities. Right. I was coming to Los Angeles to see a couple friends, and I like wasn't quite done with my winter break, and I think Liberty was going back to Ohio. She also had some stuff to do. So we just we just ended up taking different flights, but mm-hmm. it was a long flight. Mm-hmm. It was a long flight for a window seat stuck behind someone with their chair fully reclined. Oh no! Um, 
otherwise unremarkable. Another trip you took was to China. Yeah, I've been to China twice. <laughs> I studied Chinese in high school, uh, I guess middle school and high school. And as part of that, we had a, a sister school in China, um, and we did two, like a few different exchange programs. So they would send some students out to us, and then we sent some students out to them. So in high school, I did, I think it was like a two-week exchange program, essentially. And, mm-hmm. and we spent a week in Guangzhou, which is southern China. That's where our sister school was. And then uh, and we were all staying with like host families. We spent our next week up in Beijing, and we sort of did like the touristy things. We went and saw like all the major structures and, and cool stuff in Beijing, just like as, as a class. And so that was that was a really cool trip. And then I went again, I think when I was, in, yeah, when I was, it was when I was an intern at SpaceX, because one of my friends here, he's from China, his family is from the Guangzhou area. So we ended up, a group of us went to Guangzhou with him and we met his family, we hung out. And then two of us, we took the bullet train up to Shanghai and then to Beijing and just sort of... God, that must have been a blast, the bullet train. It was really cool. The bullet train is awesome. I mean, China is huge and you you can just get around so fast. You don't have to get on a plane. You just take the bullet train. What's that, 175 miles an hour? Something like that. Wow. Wow. Well, another trip you took was to Iceland. Yeah. Oh, Oh, I did. Yes. Um, that was, I think, at the end of that same summer, one of my close friends, Sarah, was doing her internship over in Germany. She had been in Germany for eight months. That's and so on right. the way you back, you met her in, t- in Yeah, Iceland. on the way back, we met in Iceland. Mm-hmm. And that was awesome. We spent a week there. Yeah. That was so much fun. We just rented a little car and bopped around the country. And, and that's a place that I want to go back to and, and camp. And you mm-hmm. can backpack and camp like everywhere there. Did and you camp when you were there or did you just stay in hotels? We stayed in hostels. Hostels. Okay. Lots of lots That's of like right. hostels and bed and breakfast right. type yeah. places. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you a technical question. You always get a lot of really great photographs. You use basically a GoPro, right? Yeah, just a GoPro and my cell phone. Mm-hmm. Cell phone cameras are pretty darn good these days. Yeah. But yeah, I, I have a GoPro that... It takes video through anything. It'll take quite a beating, and it does a really good job. I, I, it's fun to take videos um, rather than just pictures. You capture a little more of the moment. And then you can take a picture from the video. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Obviously, I also always have my phone. So Yeah. yeah. So you're a well-traveled person. Oh, Is yes. there something in your future that you really have a desire to go to? I really want to go to Japan. Really? Yeah. Okay. I feel like I need to visit Japan every season (laughs) Uh, you know I want to go there for the snow like the Hokkaido region has apparently some of the best snow in the world it seems phenomenal and you just stay in these like little huts these little cabins and it just seems so nice and then you know in the spring for the cherry blossoms and in like the monsoon season for the rains and I mean I was in Guangzhou for the monsoon season and there's something I love the rain and there's something very cozy about it and I just I really want to spend a lot of time all the, all through Japan. I think that would be really cool. That's amazing. And you are an avid skier. You go up to Mammoth Mountain a lot. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> yeah. And you've had avalanche training and you get into the backwoods, right? Yeah, so I I started doing a thing a couple seasons ago called backcountry skiing, which is, you know, outside of the resort. But the, the resorts use um, an avalanche control program, uh, like a ski patrol. The like super well-trained, like very knowledgeable ski patrol goes in, they set charges, they'll, like, they'll trigger avalanches after a snow to make sure that the resort is safe and that people can just ski on that thing all day and you're, you know, you're fine. But in the backcountry, you don't have that. And mm-hmm. so you need to take courses, you need to understand, essentially certified to, to be able to Kind of take your life in your own hands and make sure that you're planning safe trips when you when you go out for a day or, or for a few days. Because the snow is, 
you know, what goes into the makings of an avalanche is sometimes months in the making. Mm -hmm. You get snow that fell in December and then it warmed up and then it kind of iced over and then you got like 10 feet of snow on top of it. And it's like, wow, that 10 feet of snow is great, but now you have a really unstable base. Right. So that is one of the sort of situations that could slide. And like, if you're only looking at the weather from, you know, the past week or the past couple of days, you're not going to see that. And so there's avalanche reports that you need to read and you need to understand the problems of the day, pick out like what aspect you want to ski on and, and just understand the risk. Well, I'll tell you, it sure makes traveling in an RV look like nothing. It sure does, doesn't it? (laughs) But that's where you were influenced. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. From Mackenzie. Oh, yes, I was. <laughs> We're always well prepared in the RV. We have tools. We've got an air compressor. We're always checking the tires. We're checking this and that to travel safely. You have to do the same thing with your style of camping as well. You have to be really well prepared. You always want to have a first aid kit. You want to have enough water and you need enough nutrients to get back to where you're going. Beyond that, it's like, all right, you can survive, but <laughs> you want to make sure that like, Your sleeping pad doesn't have holes in it if it's inflatable. Or like you bring your tent poles when you also bring your tent. I've made that mistake. Um, (laughs) Sometimes, you know, if you're splitting your tent between a few different people and forget to grab the poles out of the car and you end up with just the tent. Um, But you want to make sure that you have, you know, you have good food and you have maps and you know where you're going and and things like that. And you need the essentials to get yourself back to your car. Recently, just a month or two ago, you took a heck of a road trip and you went back to the Grand Canyon. Yeah, I went with my boyfriend Griffin. Um, We both took a week off of work. And it's been a while since I've done these road trips. I used to do them all, like every semester sort of thing. And and it's been a few years. I just don't have the time for it anymore. We took that week off and I I was just really craving getting back to like Utah and Arizona. I, I love it there. I love the desert and I love the rocks. And we we did sort of a loop of my favorite places, plus a few that I, I hadn't seen before. And it was all new for Griffin. He hadn't really been to the area, and he hadn't been to the Grand Canyon since he was a kid. We just had a blast. We went up to Zion National Park, decided that we wanted to see a little more of the park than just you know the trails. And so we ended up hiring a guide in the area nearby to take us canyoneering in the slot canyons. And that was a great experience. It was oh East gosh. Zion experiences. They did an amazing job. It was just the two of us with our guide and we did some awesome rappels and just got to explore these natural slot canyons that, you know, Zion is famous for, but they're in that entire region of Utah. It's really, really cool. And I, I would recommend going with a guide. And so, you know, we got to do that. We got to, to camp at um, Lone Rock Beach over at Lake Powell. Um, the water level is really low there. It's a pretty bad drought all across the U.S. It's it's hard to see. It's hard to see a lot of your favorite places changing um, mm-hmm. due to climate change. Right. Mm-hmm. We also got to go to a new place for me, which was Sedona. I took my bike, did some mountain biking there. Another excellent spot for yeah. for mountain biking, and that was mm-hmm. just a blast. It was it was so fun. So yeah. we had a we had a great time. And you used tents and sleeping yeah. bags. Oh yeah. So we had um, we loaded up my car. We put uh, Griffin has a roof box that we put on top of my car, and we loaded you know all, like our chairs and blanket sleeping bags up there and then we had snacks we had our clothes like in the back of my car and so we had a lot of stuff but yeah we set it we got really fast at setting up the tent we set it up every night we had a big like folding table and one of those big like double burner coleman stoves that we borrowed from my friend matt we made some freeze-dried meals we made some uh 
made a lot of coffee and we made biscuits on a stovetop, like canned biscuits, and it worked out shockingly well. But it on was the really fire? fun. You mean on a fire stovetop? Yeah, not the way you're supposed to make them, but they work. Right. Yeah, we had, we had a really, really fun time, and I think we both needed to sort of disconnect mm-hmm. for a while. Yeah, and, you were mm-hmm. telling us that you slept like babies. We slept 12 hours almost every night. Wow. And I mean, once you get used to sleeping in a tent, it you just love it. it mm-hmm. I mean, where I live in Los Angeles is loud. I hear cars all the time. There's people talking. There's all sorts of noises. And so getting outside and sleeping in a tent with just the quiet is divine <laughs> and and you know invest in a good sleeping pad and you're going to be pretty comfortable and i like i've made my own sleeping bag and so i'm nice and warm that's and nice right and comfortable. you do you're, you're a sewer so yes. you've made she actually made her own sleeping bag it's amazing it was a pretty fun project yeah we didn't have great cell phone service but then when we did we just pretended that we didn't have service <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh i can't hear you oh no <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's great. Okay. Well, I have a question for you. Okay. Can you see yourself in the future having an RV and doing the RV way instead of tenting? That's a good question. I, you know, your RV setup is pretty nice. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I think I would want to try like a a sprinter van setup first. Oh, yeah. I think that would really be all that I needed. Right. She is younger than us. Well, yes, that's true. <laughs> I think the sprinter is more the right size. Yes, that would be perfect, yeah. There's one more question I got to ask you. I remember when you had the uh, Jeep Liberty, we had traded it in for your car that you currently have now, and you made a comment to me like, "Dad, if you really knew where I took this thing." <laughs> I guess you really took it off-road a lot, huh? Yeah, I I took it onto a few spicy roads and only bottomed it out a few times. Um, <laughs> well, that's good to know. <laughs> yeah, that, that car was generally pretty good to me. And we, yeah. we got through a lot of... Uh, a lot of stuff together. Yeah, that was a pretty I remember good car a, for you. I remember a video you showed from uh, Zion National Park where you literally had to get out of the car and shoo the jackrabbits off the road. <laughs> yeah, that was Hop Valley. But in the same area, there was a, a pretty cool like BLM area road that I had camped off of. And man, getting out of there was tough. That road was basically destroyed. Wow. And... I was hoping this year when I, I went on a, a, a big road trip that the road would be in a little bit better shape, but it was not. The Subaru made it, but it was... Well, that's good. Yeah, it was a bit tough. Yeah. Wow. And you had to shoot some cattle off the road, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've had to do that a few times. Mm-hmm. Wow. Cows are pretty stubborn. Wow. Even in front of a car. Well, it was sure fun sharing all this. I'm so glad you were able to talk about all this and we can kind of get your view. And people can kind of find out how we were influenced in doing this. Mm -hmm. We're not as extreme as you are. I wish, you know, looking back, I wish I would have done half of what you did at that age. I mean, my God, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, you had some great opportunities and you took them all. Yeah, and I I recognize that I was extremely fortunate with that. I hope that the outdoors continues to get more and more accessible for more people there are a lot of programs for that you know there's a lot of programs for taking kids outdoors and you know getting kids on bikes boys and girls and like kind of you know pushing them to explore their limits and get uncomfortable but getting uncomfortable is hard and letting your kids get uncomfortable is hard 
there's a lot of good opportunities for it. Well, we want to thank you very much for coming on our podcast with us. Of course. Mm-hmm. Thank and you. most of all, influencing us. Yes. To get off our butts and not retire and just sit around mm-hmm. yeah. makes a difference. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's exciting seeing you guys explore all this and see all these new places. I think it's really cool. Yeah. Great. It's the Rockin' the RV Life podcast with Jeff and Patty. Hear more of their adventures on the road with our next episode. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and tell your friends.